night again counting birds And mama plugged in the nightlight And I saw the queen of the world Hi and welcome to the Golden Hour Birth Podcast. Welcome back. I am your co-host Liz and I'm your other co-host Natalie. And tonight we have um, our resurgence postpartum mom Christina on and she'll be telling the birth of her two children. Um, and she is a mom coach kind of helping prepare moms for postpartum. So we're super excited to dive in to how her births kind of got her to her work today. Hi, Christina. <laughs> Good. Welcome to the show. So we're going to um, start a new little segment um, starting off um, this episode with uh, a little Natalie pregnancy update. <laughs> and today she's sharing some big news with us. Yes. About two hours ago, I found out that we're having a baby girl. Hey. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. I like, can't believe it, but also like feeling so sick. And so I was like, if this is not a girl, I don't know how. I don't know how. It's just crazy yeah. how different it's already been. You've been saying that from the get-go. I know. But it was so different. So different. But um, this is really crazy because um, our husbands have two other brothers. So there's four boys. Yeah. And in their, on their dad's side, there were four boys. And so when our um, other sister-in-law had their first girl... Our mother-in-law was like, oh, my God, she's going to be the only girl. There's not going to be any other girls. And then I had Vivian. And so now we're all going to have a, a boy, boy and girl. a girl. <laughs> really exciting. Like, Way to go, Sam. You did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. And we'll keep sharing these. And, yeah, I'll be open and honest with all of our listeners. So <laughs> let me know if you guys have any questions. Yay. <laughs> But we can go ahead and jump into Christina's story. So, Christina, if you want to share um, with our listeners a little bit about you and your family and kind of where you guys are from. So, I, I'm Christina. Hey, guys. Um, I live in Atlanta with my husband and two boys. So, my oldest is about three and a half, and my younger son is 15 months old. Um, so, yeah, we live in Atlanta. I am kind of stepping out of education world. Um, I've been a teacher for 10 years and uh, student support coach and all kinds of different roles within the classroom, within school. Um, and having kids kind of changed the trajectory of my career path. So I'm slowly leaving education. I still work part-time. Um, and my husband works in healthcare technology. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so if you want to go ahead and kind of share when you and your husband were kind of talking about babies and how that was like, um, starting that process and getting pregnant. Yeah. Um, we've been married nine years, um, which is wild. So we, when we got married, we're like, Oh, we're like on a two year plan. And then that was hilarious. We got married very young. We're 24. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got married and we have, Definitely did not have kids within two years. We started traveling a lot and loved all the trips we were doing and kind of like created a list of trips we like really wanted to do before kids, knowing that life would change once kids came along. So we um, did all of those trips and we went on a ski trip with a couple 
and the plan was to start trying at the end of that summer. We were like going to Thailand um, that summer. And then as soon as we got back from Thailand, we were like, we're going to start trying. But the ski trip was so fun. Like on the ski trip, I was like, we need to wait and do one more of these ski trips (laughs) because it's going to be a while before we can do another one once we have kids. So we ended up waiting, I guess, five years, a little bit. A little bit less than five years. I got pregnant right after our five-year anniversary, um, or I found out right around then. So, yeah, it was not super hard. I know a lot of people have, you know, there's different trying to conceive experiences. Ours was not difficult, which I was very thankful for. Um, and I yeah, had, like, an easy first pregnancy, which was cool. We, like, found out, and then two weeks later flew to London for a uh, um, vacation so I was terribly sick on that trip oh no miserable like my husband's like oh we're doing this fun first class trip and we played it like way advanced and I'm like I get on the plane and they're like did you like some champagne and I was like no oh don't recommend that is like the last thing I could do right now we just did like a 13-hour car ride and I was like this cannot end soon enough Yeah, that sounds not good. No. We're going to Italy for our ten year anniversary and we're like we have one rule and the rule is do not be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, my birthday is coming up and we're going to Mexico and I'm like, Yeah, no pregnancies. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, and ideally like no nursing either, because that really throws wrenches. <laughs> my two rules for my trip yeah oh that's so cool you guys gotta do all that traveling what was your favorite trip Ooh. I mean so we went to Singapore Vietnam and Thailand that was amazing um, like totally obviously different cultures inside the world my husband spent a lot of time over in Asia so it was kind of like him getting to show me like places that he really loved um, that was amazing we've gone to Italy before which while we were in Italy, I was like, we're coming back for a anniversary. <laughs> so that was a really cool trip too. Like Venice is amazing. Um, I also really loved going to London. It's just like, I and mean, we did all the touristy things and now I'm like, let's go back and spend a week there and just like be people in London. And yeah. Now, like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just literally said, I've been, I've been all my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, so after you guys got back from London, you pretty much like had an easy pregnancy. You kind of want to go into that. Yeah, first pregnancy was pretty easy. I mean, not like had some high blood pressure concerns according to my doctor, but nothing major. I'm a crossfitter, and so I was able to continue doing crossfit throughout my entire pregnancy. My coaches were some of the first people I told that I was pregnant. I like, told them I'm pregnant before I told my family. <laughs> so I was like, I need you guys to know why I like can't push myself because I'm dying. Um, <laughs> and so like they were responsible for keeping big secrets for me and like helping me kind of like navigate how to be an athlete and still um, have a safe, happy pregnancy, but also feel happy physically. Um, so yeah, first pregnancy was pretty simple, and we. My sister had her baby in July, right after we got home from London. 
And she was like really sketchy and didn't tell anyone in the family until she was like 22 weeks pregnant, not she was pregnant at all. So as revenge, wow. I did the same thing to my family because I was like, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't tell me. I thought we were best friends. Like you should have told me the day you found out. Um, so we like kind of kept a secret from my, from our family for quite a while, but we told several of our closer friends um, that we were expecting. So it was like a really exciting time, but it was nice to kind of like just keep that to ourselves for a while too. Yeah. Oh, man, I found out I was pregnant. Everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't keep secrets. I can't do it. That's a long time. I think I, yeah. With the first, I like, I mean, I called a couple of my best friends immediately. It was like, oh, my gosh, we're panicking. We're panicking. Oh, and oh, this is funny. I thought it was funny. My friend had like a going away party before I got pregnant. And I was like, going away parties are fun. This is fun. So I told like offhand a friend of mine, I was like, I want to have a going away party, like the going away from drinking and socially living my life the way I do when I, before I get pregnant. So like when I got home from that ski trip and it was like February or something, my friends threw me a going away party. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that I completely forgot about that party. But That's yeah, like, so That's a hilarious. lot of my friends knew I was trying. So a lot of those friends like we told pretty quickly um, because they like, knew like okay she's like being taking birth control tomorrow <laughs> after the party. Um, <laughs> that's a good little transition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's like the silliest thing I've ever done, but like <laughs> you have kids young <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so um Yeah and the other I guess I don't know if this is unique about both of my pregnancies. We didn't find out the gender of our kids. I know like a lot of people figure, find out what they're having and either choose to keep it to themselves or announce it. But we just decided, like, I'm really type A, but I also know, like, I can't control this. And regardless of whether we know or not, I can't control whether it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's very few surprises in life at this point. So I just decided we wanted to be surprised. And also I wanted just gender neutral stuff because I'm cheap and that way I could use it again. <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah um, same. So we, went the, we went that route. No idea. A bunch of friends of mine were pregnant at the same time. They were all having girls. So I like kind of was crossing my fingers for a girl so that I would kind of like be part of that group. Um, but we ended up having a boy. So hmm. that was a surprise. Yeah. Um, and then with the second pregnancy, it was similar. I felt a lot thicker. So I was kind of convinced it was going to be a girl. We were surprised again with the second one. Um, but I just had a lot more pain the second time around. Um, Hopefully you don't experience that pain with your second pregnancy, but I had a lot of like pubic symphysis pain, yeah. um, like pain walking up and down stairs and things like that. So it really limited my exercise and things like that. I worked with like a pelvic floor PT to like help me kind of be able to do some things comfortably. Um, but that was kind of my second pregnancy was a little harder and that way just less comfortable. I was more tired because I was also chasing around a toddler. <laughs> I would not qualify as super hard. Like, I did not feel well the first trimester, but mm-hmm. it went away. I got better. Yeah. So. That pubic symphysis pain is no joke. Oh, my God. I didn't have it at all with the first and with the second. I was like, I think I'm crippled. Yeah. <laughs> like, I worked in a school that was two floors, and my office was on the second floor. Oh. I'm like a fit person. Like, I like taking the stairs. I took the elevator. Oh, I was like, this is how you know it's bad. Like I'm, I'm taking the elevator to go up one. 
really bad. And like the elevator was often out of service. And I was like, I'm going to work downstairs. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know I'm pregnant? <laughs> Hello. That's yeah, it. I'm like, Hello, fix it. I'm going to carry me. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, it was very uncomfortable. But definitely like my pelvic floor PT helped me kind of at least like know how to manage it in a way that I could keep functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I if it started hurting, then I'd be like, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, the pain will be less. So that was helpful. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I wish pelvic floor PT was a no- like the norm when you're pregnant. Honestly, you know? I, I would like plus like have to <laughs> I didn't know what pelvic floor PT was before I had my first sport, even after I had him for a while, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't, we'll talk about that when we talk about, like, postpartum, but it, like, sent me into a very dark place when I was having struggles with my pelvic floor. Yeah. Um, I, like, truly, I mean, I tell my PT all the time, like, you saved my life. <laughs> and I believe it. And I tell all my friends to go to PT. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't done that yet, but, um, like, I give everything to my chiropractor in that first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I seriously couldn't love her enough. And I got her name from Liz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought yeah. she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Chiropractors can make a huge difference, too. I never saw one. I probably should have. We took my son to a chiropractor. He had um, a funny-shaped head. Yeah. And so they tried to, like, you know, work on, like, he had torticollis. So he had a mm-hmm. lot of body work his first year of life. Yeah. He still ended up with a helmet. But mm-hmm. I also regularly re- recommend my clients take their babies to chiropractors because, it can help with so much from like yeah. reflux and constipation and stuff like that. It makes a huge difference for babies. So. Oh yeah. And adults, I just don't take care of myself. So. <laughs> I took yeah. my son in like his first month and he was like such a better breastfeeder too. Like his latch was so good. Yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause if you like release all of those restrictions, yeah. more comfortably latch. So yeah. it makes a big difference for tons of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish pediatricians weren't so anti-chiropractor. My pediatrician's like, no, terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything else you want to add from your pregnancies? Honestly, they were so easy. I think like it was one thing I will say that was really hard for me as someone who's like pretty body conscious. I think a lot of women are, but like it was really hard for me to have so many people comment on my body. Like I kind mm-hmm. of went from being like Christina to a pregnant woman. <laughs> and like, I felt a lot of my identity became being pregnant. Um, like every time I saw people, they'd be like, Oh, I getting bigger. I'm like, oh, that's what every woman wants to hear. <laughs> um, and that was really hard for me. It was even harder postpartum when people would be like, Oh, look at you. Like you are just losing all that weight. You don't even look like you had a baby. I was like, I've, feel a lot like I had a baby and I know not everyone's experience is that they lose weight quickly but like I lost weight so quickly that it was unhealthy and unsafe um that's just what my body did I didn't do it on purpose but all that to say like the amount of comments I got on my body from through my pregnancy and postpartum phases of life unreal and has been very unwanted and I've had to work really hard to like set boundaries around that with people Mm -hmm. be like hey I know you're excited about my pregnancy and about my belly, but like, please don't comment on my size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like challenging to navigate because I don't like to step on people's toes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I got a lot of that. And I think even like looking back at pictures, like I even tell myself how big I was 
because that's all I heard. I thought you were really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even yeah. pregnancy photos with my first he was born in February I did the pictures like the end of November or beginning of December so like seven months six and a half seven months pregnant I look back at the pictures I'm like I am looked really pregnant in those like I kind of regret that but I just felt so self-conscious everyone's like you're getting huge I was like I better do this now um and yeah I don't know I I think all the comments about my body really threw me off mm-hmm. yeah I think, like, let's just not comment on people's bodies ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still get it now, and I'm, you know, almost, yeah, a year and a half out of my second. I'm like, I, I'm not focused on that right now. So, like, you telling me, like, oh, wow, you look so great. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, do I look different than I did last time? Because I don't, I don't know. It just makes me feel really self-conscious. And Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And well, for someone to say, like, to comment about, like, oh, you look so great, but then that kind of just, like, takes away the, like, the how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Because you can, you know, externally look great, look like you are a together mom, and internally feel like a bomb is going off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially once we have kids, kind of like the focus on, like, who we are and, like, our emotions and things like that just shifts away like nobody asks me how I'm doing anymore they ask me about my kids yeah and like even the people I ask to please ask about me forget and ask me about my kids um so it's really hard like in that respect like our identity totally changes and like society treats us completely like our identity has changed yeah yeah Yeah. and then we're just a a vessel for carrying these babies you're no longer who you were before you're now a mom (laughs) But you have to work like you don't have kids. Yeah. I I remember like actually almost a year ago, like right at this time, Liz was six months postpartum and I was like two and a half months postpartum. And we were both asked if we were pregnant again by like two like very different people, like, you know, no relation or whatever. And I was like, no, just like haven't started trying to like lose the weight. Like just trying to keep a two month old alive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let's not. Yeah. I just, I don't even know how people think it's okay to talk about that. Like mm-hmm. I literally will train my voice to not comment on people's bodies because yeah. it's so inappropriate. And I mean, I like have had many conversations with my mom about like, hey, if you can't, say like this is not okay <laughs> you can't talk about my body like this mm-hmm. let's talk about something else yeah yeah, yeah. i'm glad we opened this conversation yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad we opened this conversation we really haven't had this conversation on here yet so mm-hmm. i think yeah. it was an important one yeah <laughs> so let's get into the birth story of your oldest So with my first, I will say I have like, I called it a birth wish list, but I have pretty strict plans of what my birth was going to be, even though I was calling it a wish list to try to make it sound like I was. Um, (laughs) So I planned for an unmedicated birth. I planned to labor in a tub or a shower. I had a hospital birth, so it wasn't going to be like 
um, a water burst or anything like that, but um, plan to hopefully push like in a squatting position or all fours or something like that. I've done all my research and plans. I wanted it to be as like unmedicated and quote unquote natural as humanly possible. Um, and of course, wanted to go into labor naturally. So uh, I, I was 39 weeks and three days. I woke up like at three in the morning and I had not had any Braxton Hicks contractions with him or anything. I woke up, I was like, oh, but that was a contraction. Immediately knew, like looked at the clock and was like, all right, start timing them. And it was like seven minutes later, I had another answer because I was really close together. And so like, it was like three something, four o'clock in the morning. So like, I tried to stay in bed, tried to rest, knew I needed to, it was like, it's probably going to be a long day. Um, finally got that at like 6.30 or 7 and just went like laid on the couch instead. And I was like kind of convinced like my water was like leaking. Like it wasn't like a gush broke, but I was like, I think it's leaking. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> your cervix does other things when you have a baby that causes things, liquids to come out. And I didn't know that. No one warned me. Um, so... I thought my water had broken and it was just like preparing. Um, but we like, I didn't tell my husband that I was having contractions. So we like went about our normal Sunday, um, went and got lunch with some friends, got home, finally got home. And I was like, I've been having contractions since 3.51 this morning <laughs> and I need to finish my grad school work because we're probably going to have a baby. So I like sat down and was like, I need to do these grad school papers. I was in grad school at the time. Um, was like trying to get that stuff done. Finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to call the doctor. I was like, I think my water broke. I, I think it broke. Like it's stuff is coming out. And she's like, okay, you need to come to the hospital. I'll meet you there. And I was like, all right, cool. But can I walk my dog first? <laughs> like I was like kind of in denial that I was in labor. And she's like, I'm going to tell you what, right now it's whatever time. I think it was five. She's like, you need to be here at six. She's like, whatever you want to do between now and then, you too, if you want to walk your dog, do it. I want to see you here at six. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So we went, got to the hospital. I ate lunch that day, but I hadn't eaten anything since. So I was kind of getting hungry. Um, we check in. They're like, your blood pressure is a little high. Your water hasn't broken. Um, but my doctor is like, we're going to have a baby tonight because your blood pressure is high. And I'm like, well, done. My blood pressure is high. I'm freaked out. I've never been admitted to a hospital before. This is terrifying. Um, and like I said, I wanted to have, like, an unmedicated brush. She's like, so we're going to go ahead and introduce you. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. I'm having an unmedicated birth. I told you that. So I let her break my water. Um, and so she broke my water, and everything was going fine. Like, my contractions started getting a lot stronger. Um, I was starving. My husband went to go get dinner because he also was starving, but they were like, you can't eat. And so she comes back to the room and is eating this, like, steak bowl from, like, Chipotle or whatever. And I was starving. <laughs> um, but I, I told the nurse that I had the best nurse. Her name's Kelly G. I'll never forget her name. She's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm starving. I was like, I have this, like, RX bar. Can I eat it? And she was like, yeah, you can eat it. It might not be the best idea, but you can eat it. She's like, I won't tell the doctor. <laughs> so I ate that. Um, labor got a lot more intense. The RX bar back but it was pretty quick so like I got into the room at the hospital it was like 7 30 um and it was probably about 11 30 when they were like okay you can start pushing so 
pretty quick, very fast. Like, I, one of the things I will say, like, because they broke my water, I ended up laboring in bed a lot because every time I stood up, like, more fluid was coming out. And, like, that just made me self-conscious and that's something I wasn't expecting to feel self-conscious about in labor. And I never got into the tub or shower, even though there was one in the room. Um, I don't, I don't know why I just didn't. Like, I think it just happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. But so I stayed in bed a lot. And finally, I was like, I need to get out of bed. And so I got out of bed. And they were like, you should probably use the bathroom. Like, we think you should go to the bathroom. So I went to go, like, pee. And I, like, couldn't relax enough to pee. I was like, if I relax, um, the baby's going to fall into the toilet. <laughs> like, it freaked me out. So they, like, text me. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, you're, you're ready. Let's go ahead and push out a baby. Um, so I did. And so I, I think that, yeah, I started pushing. I'm, like, looking at my first story right out at, like, 1130. And, um... It literally says, I remember thinking that I'd adopt my next baby because this was too hard. I remember that labor being pretty easy. Um, but he was born at 104 um, in the morning. So my sister's birthday, I went into labor on my sister's birthday. And she was always saying, I really hope that if you have the baby on my birthday, it's a girl. We'll always do fun girl things on my birthday. But she's like, but if it's any day other than my birthday, I want it to be a boy because she had a boy. <laughs> um, and so he was a boy. And it was funny because when he was born, I was like, I want my husband to announce the gender. And so they threw this nasty wet baby on me. And I was like, <laughs> it felt like probably 17 hours. But it was probably five seconds. And I was like, what is it? And my husband was frozen. Just panicked, and so the doctor like lifts his legs like it's a boy. Oh, um, so sight, I'm like rereading my birth story kind of, and I was like, oh, it was harder than I remember it. Um, <laughs> but I will say some one of the things that like really stood out to me in that labor is like as a crossfitter, like we do a lot of workouts where it's like you work out for three minutes and then you have a three minute rest. And every workout I did leading up to having the baby, I was like, this is labor prep. Like, yeah, get, like really hard. And then, and even during labor, I was like, during contractions and during pushing, I was like, okay, just do it as hard as you can. <laughs> and then like during the break, I would like go into like some weird zen place and just like stop my breathing and like get my heart rate back down like crazy fast. I don't know how I did it because um, I did not do that in my second birth. But I was able to just like regain control. And the doctor was like, that was one of the most controlled births I've ever seen. Oh, um, that's so, so cool. Was, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome that you it have was, like that tool. Yeah. I, I mean, I just like had to figure out a way to like make my make labor feel like something I've done before. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I myself. Um, but my second birth was really same and different. I was induced at 39 weeks and four days. Um, for a different reason. They said the baby was measuring huge and I was like, get it out. So they induced <laughs> me like at eight something in the morning. By breaking my water cup, having an unmedicated birth, it was the first time, don't you dare give me Pitocin. And I was convinced that, like, they're going to break my water at 8.30 in the morning or whatever, um, and I'm going to have Chick-fil-A for lunch. <laughs> I was like, so my husband's like, Diana, you need to have my Chick-fil-A order ready. You're going to go pick it up once the baby is out. It got to, like, 11.30 in the morning. We're, like, very clearly not having the baby. So he, like, 
you know, got some food and whatever. And the, the nurse not can eat some food, even though she's like, you're going to see it again. And I was like, I've been told. Um, <laughs> but I was really hungry. And so she let me eat some more, which was really nice. Um, I got to deliver in the same room I delivered in with my first, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's and cool. the nurse that I had was not Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> had the same experience sunny side up and I was like I can't control myself anymore I have to get the epidural right now and I don't know because again I labored on my back again I went in not planning to labor on my back planning to labor in different positions and because like I have like several hours of like nothing happening I did walk around the room watch a lot of like bouncing on a ball and stuff but once labor got intense I was terrified so I did like labor on my side with like a peanut ball for a while because they were like oh like one side of your cervix isn't dilating as much. We want you to stay on your side. But, like, once they rolled me onto my back, I was paralyzed. Like, I might as well have had an epidural, but I, was, I could feel it paralyzed. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, maybe if I had been able to switch positions, like, the pain on my back wouldn't have been as bad, or maybe he would have managed to twist around or something. But it was, I, I don't know. I literally don't know <laughs> I love that kid up there, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he put me through it. Oh, my God. Uh, and he's still there. <laughs> I feel like the second, um, with my second, it was very much more intense, too. Um, yeah. Not because of the position or anything, just because, like, my body was like, you've done yeah, this. Like, get, get it out, you know. Yeah. All systems go. <laughs> and I remember right after being like, I'm never doing that again. 
that was yeah. way worse than first. <laughs> like, well, the funny thing, so my sister, she and I, our kids are spaced about the same apart. So, like, her kids are two years apart. My kids are a little more than two years apart, but six months later. So her second kid that she had in July, and mine was born in April, so I guess that's like 10 months, I don't know, nine months, I'm about a month. But she was like, oh, yeah, she came out like a slip and slide. I only had to push three times. Like, your second labor is going to be so much easier. So I also had gone in not really thinking about, like, it could be very different than my first. I went in really thinking it's going to be so much easier. It's going to pop right out. I'm going to push three times. I'm going to squeeze this thing out, whatever. And it just wasn't like that. So, like, I think a lot of moms go into a lot of experiences, like, listening to a family member or a close friend who's had an experience, and they're like, mine will be just like yours. Yeah. And it wasn't. And that was really shocking to me. Um, that's true of, like, my postpartum experience, too. Like, I listened to a really close friend, and we're still close friends, and I love her dearly, but I strongly regret taking some of her advice. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I regret listening to my sister tell me, oh, yeah, the baby will come out in a problem. Just <laughs> <The> slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. I like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my experience at all. It seemed um, like you progressed yeah, really quickly once the water was broken, though. What's that? It seemed like you progressed really quickly after the water was broken, like... How long were you in, like, active labor? With the second one, it was, like, nothing was happening for the longest time. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that I really started feeling, like, contractions were getting bad until, like, 3.30 or 3.35, 3.45 in the afternoon. And they, like, induced me at 8. They broke my water around 8. Okay. Or 9.30. I'm trying to scroll back and see if I can see it, but... Yeah, so they broke my water around like nine thirty. Oh, nine eighteen. Apparently, so it was a while <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah, and then once it got to active, active labor was like an hour. One of the worst hours of my life. So it was quick, but I think you know if they had given me pitocin, probably it would have been a much faster labor, but it probably would have also been as painful. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've heard pitocin contractions really painful. I've never. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. Same. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. It, Crazy birth. <laughs> yeah. Um, Those sunny side up babies are no joke. <laughs> I know. One of my friends was like, oh, yeah, he's your wild card baby. And every day of his life since then has been a wild card. <laughs> so he is definitely his own little person compared to his brother. I'm like, dude. Sometimes when he's doing something, I'm like, this is because he came out sunny side up. Oh, this is how your life started, and this is how you're going to go. And I like, look at him, I'm like, I don't know if I can have another. I don't know if he's your middle child. Um, <laughs> he's amazing. I love him. So much. He's a handful. Um, he's yeah. very different. Yeah. yeah. The second child. Children. Children. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like so like I don't know I mean I felt like oh like this first baby like wasn't so bad like I had a challenging time with Spartan but not necessarily because of the baby um <laughs> just because of my own self but then the second one I mean he was pretty he was fairly similar in the young baby stage of things but 
he has caught a personality. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. man. They're fun, but wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of your postpartum, I know that's a big part of what you do now. So why don't we get into yeah. all of that jazz? Yeah. So postpartum was my first. Was, it was interesting. So I came home from the hospital, like, however many days they tell you to stay. They actually let me stay, like, because my baby was born at 1 in the morning. So, like, that was a night, but they count as a night. So, like, I got, like, a bonus night in the hospital. Highly recommend. Let's stay as long as you can. Um, my biggest regret with my second was that I, I was, like, please let me go home. That was a horrible mistake. But, um, I but um, with the second we came home, or with the first we came home from the hospital, and we had family come to town like the next day. Um, thinking that that was going to be, and it was really helpful. Like, I mean, I was thankful to have family there, but it was a very delicate and sensitive time where all of these changes were happening to my body. And I'm kind of a private person, especially around my, my in-laws and stuff like that. So, like, my in-laws came to my husband's parents, his brother, and his little sister. There's a lot of people in the house when, like, things, liquids were coming out of parts of my body I mm. didn't know they could come out of. Ooh, yeah. And, That's and I, you know, it's like dealing with all the hormone crashes, and it was really hard on me, um, but just, like, emotionally. And so that kind of, like, set me up for having a challenging postpartum period, I feel like, because, like, I didn't come home to, like, a very restful, like, calm-feeling situation. And we actually invited them. I thought that it would be, like, a really good idea for his parents to come, because my parents, I knew, would not be helpful. So we were like, you guys can come right when the baby comes. Um, I just didn't really take into account, like, how comfortable immediately after having a baby, or how uncomfortable, I should say, how uncomfortable I feel immediately after having a baby with people in my house. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been any better with my own mom and dad there. Um, but so it was like a really challenging week with guests in the house, feeling like I needed to entertain, feeling like I needed to keep the house to a certain level of cleanliness when I was also like not sleeping, not sitting, like <laughs> I'm not, you know, just trying to figure out how to feed this baby and all of that and dealing with like encouragement and all the fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a really challenging, like first little bit and then like I'm really thankful my husband the company he works for he gets six months of paternity leave which is unheard of months he didn't take it off what <laughs> I'm gonna pass oh, that no. over here oh my oh, god. god I got 12 weeks which I was very thankful for but he um oh my so god he was home he only took a month at the beginning I, I think it was a month at the beginning, but it was really nice to have him there to help and like just not feel alone in that season because I think like from the moms I talked to, a lot of moms who start experiencing postpartum anxiety and depression from like what I've been able to like connect dots, they don't have as much help as they need. Um, in those like early postpartum days and they start feeling really alone really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful to have him there. I think it kind of like curbs some of those like postpartum emotions I could have experienced um but when I got to be like clear to work out again and this is where I listened to a friend I shouldn't have before I was cleared to work out I started running um so she's like oh I did I started running before I was cleared to work out it's fine so I did too um I didn't take the easy at all with my first I was walking around the neighborhood like three days postpartum 
Um, I really regret that. Some moms, I guess, can do that, but like, I I have like a lot of pelvic surgery issues now, and I I think like if I'd given myself the break I needed, maybe I still would have those issues, but at least I wouldn't be able to think I did it to myself. Because mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, was it that I started running too soon? Is that why I have these issues? Is it because I didn't rest? Like my postpartum bleeding lasted way longer than I feel like it probably should have because I I didn't rest. I didn't mm-hmm. give my body the time it needed to heal. Yeah. Um. So when I was able to work out, I didn't go back to CrossFit for it was 12 weeks before I went back but probably like 10 weeks in, I mean I, I was I ran a 5k seven weeks postpartum what? um just like how stupid I am oh my god um, but like I quickly realized like there was something not right about my pelvic floor but like I talked to my doctor about it on my six-week check and she's like that's just how it is now that's just how it's gonna be didn't refer me to PT she's like just accept it Hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I can't lift like this. I can't go on like this. I didn't know what to like say was wrong because I didn't have like the language for it. No one was telling me what was wrong with me. So what, how would I know? Yeah. Um, but eventually like I spent way too much time on the internet, like <laughs> mom, and like figured out that I had a prolapse. So once I figured it out and figured out, okay, I can go to public floor PT and like advocate for myself and get the help I need. Uh-huh. I was able to like address my symptoms and like mostly manage them now. But like, yeah, I, I mean, I think like if I hadn't been able to figure it out when I did, like that's what would have prompted me to have like true postpartum depression that like needs, would have needed to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was devastated. I was like, I'm not going to be able to run anymore. I'm not going to be able to do CrossFit. I don't even know if I can pick up my baby safely. Like devastated. Um, like I said, PT saved me. I tell my PT about all the time. <laughs> um, so those are like the big, I, I didn't have family in town. That's another thing about postpartum. Thankfully, breastfeeding came really naturally to me and my baby. So like we had that going for us. I had like a huge oversupply, which is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I recognize for like any mom who doesn't have an oversupply, that sounds like a huge blessing. But like I got mastitis several times, oh. had clogged stuck all the time but with an oversized thankful I could donate like the milk that I had that was extra so I like found a mom who couldn't produce at all and she was also a gourmet chef so she cooked for me and I had her baby and it was a really nice relationship that we formed that's so awesome Um, perfect trade yeah (laughs) yeah it was really cool getting like to for another baby because I was like I don't need this and I was too lazy like I could have probably donated to like the NICU at the hospital but you have like do all these blood tests and do all this stuff to get approved. Mm-hmm. And I was just feel stupid. And I found like a Facebook group for milk donation and just like waited until I found someone that seemed like a person that I jived with and yeah. to donate my milk to. Um, so my first part of experience, I was just really lonely and I mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of help and like felt like I had to make decisions that I didn't know how to make. Um, which kind of led me to feel like somebody, there's got to be something out there that can help me um, have a better experience. And my second experience was better. Like, I didn't let it COVID, so I had a really good excuse to not let anyone come see my baby or come to my house. Um, my little sister-in-law was staying with us because we needed someone to watch our older one when we were at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So she came and stayed before he was born, and I was staying with us a couple weeks after. But no, I just didn't let anybody come. Um, and I was like, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that was like a better for me to just kind of keep everything within our own family. 
I will say we opted like so we had the baby at like five o'clock on his birthday April 8th and then during COVID time at the hospital they'll pretty much be like do you want to go home so like the next mm-hmm. morning this baby's yeah. not even 14 hours old they're like do you want to stay tonight do you think you want to go home today and I was like we want to go home like we want to go see the older kid we want to relieve my little sister-in-law um we want to go home and that was a a huge mistake because (laughs) you know the whole thing of like babies wake up their second 24 hours so like he was very sleepy in the hospital they won't let you leave until the baby's 24 hours old they have to run past that 24 hours yeah so we get home like six o'clock or whatever fine he's starting to wake up a little bit that night was like one of the worst nights of my life oh man it was terrible (laughs) he didn't sleep my husband did and (laughs) i had this baby and it was horrible um so i would like always recommend to moms that they give you a choice day yeah day at the hospital yes i recommend that too (laughs) (laughs) Um, send the baby to the nursery get a little bit of sleep Mm-hmm. Um, good to know. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, postpartum with him, like he again was a good nurser, again got lost in that side of stuff. Um, I was like transitioning jobs, so that's probably one of the harder parts of it. But again, it just was like really lonely. I didn't have the help I needed, didn't really feel like I could like ask anyone questions. So I would like turn to the internet a lot and like mm-hmm. you could like Google, what should I do about <laughs> swaddling my baby or something and there's 47 answers and they are all the right answer uh-huh. and I was like this is overwhelming and I'm like which bottle is the best bottle for breast the baby and there's 47 answers and my baby never took the bottle and that was very overwhelming and stressful for me yeah. but like it was just like information overload and yeah. so really after having my second like one day I was jacked up on caffeine talking to my husband I was like I have this idea and I think I want to be a postpartum doula but not a doula, but I want to help new moms, like, be prepared for postpartum, and I want to have, be the person who's there to, like, help them walk through and navigate the hard season that is postpartum so that they don't have to turn to the dark place that is the internet. Um, and they don't have to ask their friends, because it's awkward to ask your friend and be like, I can, I've talked about anything, whatever, to be like, I have heaviness in my pelvis, can you help me figure out what that is? Like, do you experience that, friend? That's awkward, right? But if you ask someone you don't know and don't care like it's not awkward for someone to ask me something or to talk about their like cracks leaving nipples to me because I'm not their friend <laughs> um and I, I I say that and it's like, like I love all of my clients mm-hmm. but like it makes a difference to have someone you can talk to that's not your friend you're asking for advice because friends are not going to be there for you necessarily exactly when they need you to be and so all that to say is, like, talking to my husband, I was like, I want to be that person for people who, like, they can ask me things, talk to me about those awkward things that they're not even comfortable talking to their friends about, and I can help them navigate it. Mm-hmm. Um, which put me on the path to what I do now is coach uh, pregnant and postpartum moms, um, help them be prepared for postpartum, have all the supplies they need on hand for postpartum so that they're not, when my first was born, I didn't have pads on them because I didn't know I was going to need that when I got home from the hospital. <laughs> right. So I called my friend because my friend was texting me. She was like, "Do you need anything? How's it going?" And I called her and I was like, "I actually do." Need and my in-laws are in my house. I'm like, "I need you to go to CVS. I need you to buy me some Depends. I need you to buy a gift bag and put them in the gift bag and wrap <laughs> them and bring them into my home." And I was like, "You cannot bring that into my home." And my father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so like, she did to my house with like a baby gift 
fast. And I was like, oh, Danielle, come upstairs. Like, come, you know, whatever. Like, knock her upstairs so she could give me, like, use the pen and stool softener or something because I was so embarrassed. So, like, no mom shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, I think things are getting better to where people talk about stuff more. But, you know, like, if I, three years ago, didn't know I needed to bring pad pads at home when I left the hospital, that's the problem. And that means there's a lot of other moms who are in that same boat. And that's just one example, like a very tiny example, that's easy to fix. Like, I, I help moms, and some people like navigate, like, do you want to have family at home quickly after you have your baby? And like talk through like the pros and cons and help people make those types of decisions, like how to prepare their home for baby. Like if you have a two-story house, you might want a diaper changing station downstairs. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I walked into my house with my first baby. My dog's like jumping on me. I have this brand new baby. I'm bleeding and everything. And I like looked around the house. I was like, where do I put it? And I really need to use the bathroom. Because <laughs> I had a really cute nursery, but I didn't have anything downstairs for the yeah. baby. Um, and those kind of things. I'm like, if I experienced that, you know, other people are in the same boat. So I work with a lot of first time moms who kind of are as clueless as I like. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a a really good resource. <laughs> That's amazing. I would have definitely <laughs> yeah. uh, used your services <laughs> as a first-time <laughs> mom, for sure. I think even just, like, with just having those conversations, I feel like a lot of my friends tell me how overwhelmed they were having people over so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there should be, like, conversations on, like, how to navigate that. Like, hold on. I actually just like went through a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like kind of work through like with some new moms. I'm like, okay, if you're planning on having people over, I think that's great. If that's what you're comfortable with, you need to kind of have like a stock list of things you can tell them you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Like when they walk in the door, you can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. This is baby Rosie. Do you mind washing the dishes for me? <laughs> or like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. This is baby Rosie told her I'm going to go take a bath or whatever it is yeah. because like I don't think that any new mom should have to feel like they're entertaining when they're bleeding yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> that's too much and I think that you know when you invite another mom into your house they kind of know because they've experienced it but mm-hmm. even then like even just people who are just a few years past the postpartum experience they quickly forget and like I mean, I had a friend come over and they're just kind of sitting there and like, they're like, they've been at my house for like 10 minutes and then they're finally like, seven, like, do you mind to get a drink? And I was like, no, not at all. But like, it made me feel guilty that I didn't offer them a drink the moment they walked through the door. And like, I shouldn't have had to feel guilty about that. Like, yeah. I mean, I literally want to like, if I have another baby, like have a sign that says like, drinks are in the fridge, take <laughs> yeah. whatever you want. Like, don't like, I'm not going to offer, so don't ask. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've got no, too like, many other Yeah, yeah. Or um, only invite people over that are already comfortable getting their own drinks. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember right. yeah. after having Arthur. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and drinks for me too, please. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when we got home with Arthur. Um, I don't remember who was coming over, but we I had labored at home for a long time, and our house was a literal disaster towels everywhere i mean there's probably still amniotic fluid on the floor (laughs) and i remember having to clean up 
the house so that we could have guests come over and make it look like we had it all together, you know? But like, yeah, I remember then like you talked about, um, you did a lot when you were postpartum and you bled for a lot longer. Um, I remember they did tell me that, that if you start bleeding more, that's your sign to rest. So I'm glad someone told you that because nobody told me. Yeah. 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 And with my second, I almost think I like went in the other direction. Like I told my husband, like I was like for the first three days, like I'm staying in our bedroom. Like I'll come downstairs to eat dinner with everybody. But like I'm staying in my bedroom upstairs in mm-hmm. my bed. Do not let me go for walks. Like I need to rest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, for the next few days, like I can walk to the stop sign. And I don't let me go further. And I like really like got him to keep me like forcing myself to rest because you feel better pretty quickly Uh, I mean I haven't had the c-section so I can't say how that is but like I mean I felt like I could do more than I should have been doing Mm -hmm. so I needed somebody to like pump the brakes for me Mm -hmm. so I like prepared him to be that person because I was like I don't think that I'll be able to pump the brakes for myself yeah yeah isn't there a term for that like the lion period or something Mm -hmm. yeah 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 the lion yeah. yeah, I heard like a week in bed, a week by your bed, and then I forget what the third week I read something like. But like, yeah, spend a week in bed, spend a week by your bed, and then maybe a week in your house. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of that whole idea of like, yeah, really taking it easy and not doing too much. Yeah, I've never heard of that, but now I'm like, oh, that's all I want. <laughs> I'm happy you had those conversations with your husband. I think that was super needed. And like, you know, you had them before you were in postpartum. So I think that's like, that's like what I did with my husband regarding like the depression. I was like, look out for this and this and look out for this. Like we had those conversations. I think they're so important to have because we love those men, but they might be a little clueless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And they are going through their own like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I try to, like, remember that, like, because I know, like, some husbands, like, really withdraw when there's a new baby in the house, like, because they feel maybe inadequate, they don't know how to navigate helping with new baby or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, but, like, yeah, it's such a delicate time for both a new mom and a new dad that it's, like, the more you talk about things up front, the more you prepare for it up front, the more successful you're going to be mm-hmm. when the baby comes home. And I, with my first, we didn't talk about it's a dumpster fire yeah um but yeah like with my second postpartum experience it was better because we did have a plan in place um and that helps and so it's like i want moms who are first-time moms to go ahead and have that plan in place the first time so that they aren't miserable that's a good idea so many moms hate the like early postpartum phase and i truly think it could be like magical and like the best yeah. 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 Um, if you plan for it. I wanna Yeah. Yeah. A postpartum plan is just so important and everyone should have one. Yeah. We have a birth plan, yeah. but why not a postpartum plan? That's so true. Yeah. Honestly, I mean the birth is one day, right? Maybe thirty six hours or they're gonna make you have the baby no matter what. So like yeah. postpartum's a much longer season. I mean birth is hard, but like postpartum is in a lot of ways harder because I mean 
there is an end to birth and fight, even if it's not your ideal end and you have to have a C-section or whatever, but like postpartum is lingering. Yeah. Um, that's just something I didn't really think about before having a baby. Yeah. Um, same. And a lot of the moms I work with who have already had their baby are like, why didn't I think to plan for this and like have these conversations ahead of time? Cause once you're in it and everyone's just in survival mode, it's hard to talk through like, okay, let's, let's write the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. It's really hard when you're in it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, for just our listeners and, like, clients and stuff, so, like, when a client reaches out to you and wants to kind of set up that plan, what do your first conversations look like and how does everything go from there? So, sorry, my monitor just beats. Um, Really, I kind of, it depends on what stage the mom is in and what she's struggling with. Um, so everything I do is super customizable and tailored to like every individual mom I work with. But mm-hmm. for new moms, I've found that like, they don't know what questions to ask a lot of times. So I have kind of written out like, here are the things that I want to cover. I share that with the moms and some of them are like, yeah, this sounds great. Some of them are like, I already know about this. I want to focus in more on this other area. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of like first time moms, if I start working with them when they're pregnant, a lot of what we work on is preparing for that postpartum period. I'm not like a physical therapist. I can talk to you about birthing positions as your options, but I can't really talk to you about like the physiology, I don't even know if that's the right word, behind why those different birth positions are better than others or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't pretend to do that. I just tell mom, hey, here's seven physical therapists in Atlanta that I recommend. Like they're all awesome. Go see one. Um, and I'll talk to them. You know, I can help them some, but I'm not going to pretend to know more than I know. But to think through, like, preparing your space for a postpartum. Like, we, I definitely talk to new moms about that. Like, sure, your nursery's cute. Sure, it's on Instagram. Whatever. It's awesome. <laughs> so, like, also make your space work for you, and how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. So we spend a lot of time talking about preparing the space. And some time talking about preparing the body. Again, I kind of refer out for that because I'm not an expert. I'm learning a lot, but I don't think that there's any... I cannot replace what a physical therapist can help a mom do. Mm-hmm. They can talk about how to prevent tearing and things like that. They know more about it than I do. Um, and then preparing like the mind for postpartum, like talking through like what postpartum depression is, the warning signs, kind of sharing that information with a partner ahead of time so that you have other people looking for it. Cause it's really hard to recognize those things in yourself a lot. Yeah. Um, and also, like, with preparing the mind, like, I, I look, link it in there, but, like, creating the routines that are going to help you survive. So, like, we talk about, like, okay, how are you going to hand off so that each of you get enough sleep to survive this? Mm-hmm. Because once you're in the sleep deprivation place, it's so hard to come out of it. There's so many irrational things happening. It can kick you into postpartum depression. If both partners are sleep deprived, like, even worse. Um, so we talked about that and then like sometimes like preparing the partner. So I think I said well, I prepare the mind, body, space, and partner for postpartum. So when we're preparing the partner, we talk about like talking through that, like, who do you want to come into your space when your new baby is home? Mm-hmm. Do you want anyone there? 
And when moms say, oh, yeah, I'm having my in-laws come the day after my baby. I'm like, okay, do you feel comfortable showing your father-in-law your naked boobs? <laughs> if you don't, like, you might want to reconsider that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, like, those types of things. So just, like, really getting moms to think about, like, how fragile they're going to feel in that those part of space and, like, who they want to let into that space. Um, and I try not to scare them but I also want them to know like what it's really going to be like. Mm-hmm. So we like spend a lot of time kind of just thinking through what the postpartum phase will be. And then I stay along with them into postpartum so that once we're like breastfeeding and having trouble or not, um, we can talk through those types of things and navigate them together. I have a big list of lactation consultants I refer them to as well. You know, make sure they have who they need in their team because mm-hmm. I know. I didn't. Yeah. Like, I'd love for every mom to know, like, maybe I won't need pelvic floor physical therapy, but if I do, I already have a number to call. Yeah. And I already know that I can tell my doctor I'm going to do this and you're going to refer me. Yeah. Because I didn't even know what it was, and no one referred me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had clients that um, have had a doula? So I've had clients that have had a birth doula. I've had clients ask me the difference between like a postpartum doula and what I do. And I haven't had any clients yet who have had both, but I mean, to me, like what I've shared with them kind of like, I think I shared with you guys, is like the difference between a postpartum doula is they're doing a lot for you, right? Like they're cooking some meals. They might be doing some health work or even grocery shopping or helping you care for your older child. But you pay a postpartum doula for a certain amount of time and then they leave and you're still, you still at some point have to figure out how to function with this new baby mm-hmm. on your own without a postpartum doula. So like what I'm doing is teaching the parents how to function on their own with this new baby. Um, and some of what I do is very similar. Like, I mean, I help with feeding struggles and doulas do too. Like I can help moms with like different positions and things like that. Um, I help moms process birth stories, and that's really important to me because I think that kind of sets you up with what kind of parent you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and some doulas do that type of thing too, but at the end of the day, the doulas leave, and you may feel more equipped than you did before having a postpartum doula, but like my goal is that moms feel equipped and confident to parent their children and know what kind of parent they want to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it all. Same. I am like, I knew I had an idea of what you did, but like just hearing it, it makes so much sense. And it, I, we need more of you. Yes. 100%. Can you come to St. Louis? <laughs> I'll, I'll make more of you to go around. And I will say like for listeners, like a lot of what I do is virtual. I mean, of course I love offering hands-on support to moms and I love holding huge precious new baby <laughs> but a lot of what we do because it is talking through those routines or talking through how to get your partner on board with being the support person you need I don't need to be there in person mm-hmm. and for things where it's like we're struggling with like you know breastfeeding position something like that like that can be done virtually I do refer out to lactation most of the time but like I mean I can help you with like posture and breastfeeding positions if you have bloody nipples and sending to somebody who's more of an expert. Um, but all that to say, I do a lot of virtual, most of what I do is virtual with my clients. We don't even always meet on Zoom. Sometimes it's just on the phone. Um, 
So for listeners that aren't in Atlanta, I can so definitely help. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, do you have anything else to share um, about your pregnancy or postpartum? And then why don't you tell everybody like where they can find your um, information and your website and everything? I think the biggest thing that I would share is I know it's hard to enjoy pregnancy, especially when you're feeling really sick. But, you know, like I think there's never, you're always going to look back and in some way miss that period. So as much as a cliche and dumb as it sounds, like try to enjoy it because it's such a short period. And the same thing, like, you know, I hate the whole like, oh, you're going to miss this when a kid's tantruming in the middle of public or whatever. (laughs) But like, I try every day, like before I go to bed, to think of like something that was really sweet with my kids, but or something ridiculous. I can tell a ridiculous story. Like my oldest child, he's three and a half, and earlier this week, my husband's been isolating with COVID, um, and we like we talk about bodies with their anatomical body parts for what it's worth. But my son comes up to me and he says, "Mommy, I have a surprise for you," and I'm like, "Okay, great." And I'm nursing the younger baby while he does this, and he goes. He pulls up his shirt. He's wearing underwear. He pulls up his shirt and he goes, my penis is hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a ridiculous thing. Like, that is, like, I mean, it was a really long day that day, but I went to bed laughing because, like, kids are ridiculous and funny. So, like, I just think, you know, as much as we can as moms, like, we're going to be overwhelmed, tired, stressed, all those things. But just try to find that one thing that happened today that, like, made you smile that your kid did. Because it will carry you into the next day and waking up knowing you're going to be tired, overwhelmed, and stressed again. Or they're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's really good advice. But yeah, so you guys, listeners, can find me um, on Instagram. I'm at resurgen, it's R E S U R G E N S underscore postpartum. Um, Resurgence because Atlanta is known as like the city of resurgence because it burned down like during the Civil War or something and then it rebirthed out of the fire like a phoenix had a resurgence. <laughs> um, so that's where resurgence postpartum came from because I think that when we're new moms, like we are rebirthed as a new mom, um, kind of out of maybe the ring of fire if I want to get really good. <laughs> but um, we're birthed too and like become a new person when we are, have a baby. Um, that kind of resonated with me when I was coming up with this. Oh, I love that. Good name. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll post um, your Instagram and everything in our show notes for everyone to, they can click on it. Click. They can click. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so lovely to get to know more about you and your family and resurgence. I, I love it all. It was so, so amazing to hear. I think we, we need all the support we can get. Well, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. And just love talking about births and babies. So it's really <laughs> great fun. Ditto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all day. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, you can find, we'll post uh, my Instagram and Liz's Instagram. And if you're interested in sharing your story with us, please don't feel Ashamed to reach out. We love it all. Um, you can go to our website and fill out our intake form. Or just send us a DM on Instagram, whatever. Send to our DMs. Yep. <laughs> We're easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then if you don't mind, if you could just give us a little five-star review, if you have enjoyed this episode, um, it would really help us out to get um, in the ears of more listeners. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next episode. Thank you. so sticky pick me up now let me down oh the crown is lava I'm not a lava man here comes mama with a stool and a whip and she'll snap those bears into shape real quick and they'll stand in line with their money spent to see the boy with the eyes that never quit. Pick me up, never let me down. Oh, the crown is love. I'm not a love man. There was a rumble in the jungle once I dad was outside again counting birds and mama plugged in the nightlight and I saw the queen of the world mama plugged in the nightlight and I saw the queen of the world pick me up never let me down oh the crown is love I'm not a lover Pick me up, never let me down All the crown is loving I'm not a lover, man I'm not a lover, man No, I'm not a lover